Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome to this show. Um, I'm really glad to have you all here today. Uh, without you, this would not be possible. So thank you for listening to us today. Today, I have a really special guest. Her name is Rebecca Clark, and I had the privilege of being on her podcast a while back. So welcome, Rebecca. Um, she is an advisor, a strategist, and a podcaster. And prior to her step into consulting and coaching, she worked for the Department of Defense. Uh, she served as the Director of Learning Management Systems for a Defense Training Organization, her background includes recruiting, training, instructional design and development, production management, and business system operations. Uh, welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because you have some really interesting ways of uh, talking about what you do. You have so many different talents. You have so many different things that you've done. And so today we're going to talk about mindset and work performance, uh, specifically working on your mind to level up your work. So let's talk a little bit about you first, just so that our audience has a really good idea of who's giving them this information. Um, what is your background? Can you, can you talk a little bit more about who you are? Well, I think I'm, uh, I'd call myself a generalist now, right? <laughs> <laughs> the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. But I actually started off after college in K through 12 teaching. I say K through 12, even though it was secondary because I was a permanent substitute. So oh. learn really quick, right? When you show up at a different school every day, you got to teach math, the gym class, music class, like you're just all over the place. And you kind of learn how to be flexible and that kind of thing. But after college, I actually went into human resources and uh, got into the recruiting and benefits part of it. And then, you know, you kind of get this inkling a few years in of, wait, I'm not using all my skills. Maybe I need to go back to teaching, but maybe not. You know, so I ended up at a company where they recruited teachers. So it was like an online resume database. So that was kind of when I started to get into technology a little more. And yeah. then um, instructional technology and design and then project management and learning systems and all that goes along with that, right? Because then you have to implement new technologies and systems. So you're involved in helping people change their hearts and minds <laughs> um, to accept new things. And most recently, I took the jump to be a coach and to learn all about how to coach. And wrapped into that, I would share time management principles, which is it's ironic, right? Like whenever you're teaching something, sometimes you have some poor moments with it. <laughs> like I've had the last few days as I continue to coach, but I've also, um, I'm working for a startup, uh, very fast pace, oh. surprise meetings <laughs> and, and all the things that go along with it. But I think all of the different opportunities give you uh, more insights and information in life and it keeps your mind active, doesn't it? Like you have to. Keep oh, Absolutely switching it up. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I, I truly believe that, you know, we're set on this path and everything that comes into our life as far as new learning experiences, uh, they matter. And a lot of times people think, right. well, this, this, this job doesn't matter. It's, it, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't use all my skill sets, but there's something in that job that you need to learn so that right. you can get to that next level. And, and I think you know, that's how I think of what you're, you're talking about. I think, you know, you, you need all these skill sets, almost like scaffolding in, in education. <laughs> you know, you need right. one skill set to go to the next. So even though you might not think addition is that big of a deal or subtraction is that big of a deal, it really helps out when you're learning multiplication or division or algebra right. or whatever your next step is. So, yeah, yeah I, I find it fascinating. Um, what, what inspires you to do the things that you do? I think, uh, well, you know, it's interesting. Right? <laughs> like, I think we all have things that we're kind of interested in. Yes. And I've found that through my work experiences, I found I really love 
um, teaching and facilitating, but also with technology. And then I learned that I love systems, you know, through that process of jobs and everything. But an underlying theme in all of that was there was a lot of pain, right? You'd have a boss that was hard to work with or coworkers, or you had expectations that you didn't know how to complete something or whatever. So you go through all of these experiences and after a while going, wait a second, I kind of like helping other people through that kind of challenge, right? Because it's a mixture of mindset, but also skills and being able to think forward. And of course, technology plays into that and being willing to learn. So I, I think that I've discovered that really drives me. And sometimes you discover that through doing something that doesn't. <laughs> like I know I do. Yeah. I was told that I'm certified to be a health coach. So I thought, oh, I'm going to offer some free, you know, health coaching to people. And as I did it, I'm like, this is not me. This, this isn't what, do I care about health? Absolutely. I want smart people to tell me how to get better at my health. I don't want to be the person being smart on telling others <laughs> how to do it. And that, to, but to discover that and go, okay, not my deal. I enjoy helping people up-level their work. Yeah. You know, it kind of brings you back to that first statement. It's like the more you learn about something, the more you realize you don't know a whole lot. Right. Um, you know, I, I think there's certain areas that we kind of know we're not experts in, but we know we know enough about it to, to help ourselves and do things. And then there's other areas where, at least for me, the only reason I consider myself an expert is because I'm comparing myself to somebody else that I thought was an expert. And I feel like I finally reached a level where I know more than they do. Right, because I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly finding new information and 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 trying to bring my level of expertise to that next level. And sometimes you pass up the people you think are experts, and like you're like, oh, okay, finally, I'm I am the expert. I do know something. I can give you this advice, and and I feel confident that I'm going to send you in the right direction. Right, and and I think that's a really you know interesting way of looking at it, at least for me. But. Yeah, I, I love the way you look at things. Um, so, why is mindset and work performance important? So, let's just get straight to the meat of what we're going to talk about. Okay. Why? Well, let, let's talk about what is mindset and work performance first. Let's define it a little bit. Okay. I think mindset, uh, that's a good question, right? It's kind of how you approach anything in life, right? Like, we can both look out the window at the same thing. And we could both have a different thought about it. One could right. be like, oh, like I'm looking out a window. I'm like, oh, that's a junky house. <laughs> right. I might just say, that's an awesome house. It's, it was built in the 1950s. It's very authentic. They should restore it. You know, all these things. We're looking at the same thing, but getting something different from it. And that matters, right? Because some of our thoughts about things keep us stuck or take us down a negative path, and some of our thoughts help propel us forward. And yeah, it's not to try to take away pain or not think negatively about something. Sometimes thinking negatively about something helps us go, oh, I don't like it. I'm going to change that, right? Yeah, and that's important too, knowing what you don't like. (laughs) Right, right. Kind of allowing yourself to feel that way, but then also to notice, am I getting results with how I think about this or not? And, yeah. And I think yeah. our past experiences really come into that. Like you're talking about the house built in the 1950s. If you grew up in the 1950s and that was just a fabulous time, you, you had a great childhood, you're going to have really fond memories. You're going to look at that house in a very fond way. Right. If you grew up in the 19, you know, 80s and you lived in a 1950s house and you were always doing repairs on the house. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, you might say, hmm, I don't know about that house. That, 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 all I think about when I see those houses is there's, they need a lot of work. And right. I don't want to spend my day repairing an old house. So I want something newer. So, yeah, absolutely. Mindset really is important. How does it affect work performance? Well, work performance, you know, it is... I guess in a nutshell, you're like, okay, if the person is getting some results, some positive results for themselves or the organization or whatever, you know, that they were required to produce, right? And so, what I have noticed, I work with a lot of high performers 
actually. And what I find very interesting is sometimes high performers have the hardest time with mindset. And I guess I say that because if someone is a low performer, they may or may not care (laughs) if they're low performing, right? I mean, unless they're like, I'm bad at this, help me. But some are just like, nah, lucky I've got the job, whatever. But the high performers are hyper focused on maybe perfection and wanting the best. And if things don't go as planned, um, unwittingly, they'll start to engage in behaviors that actually reduce their performance. So, one of the biggest examples I remember um, is that people start talking about the boss, right? Oh, well, I'm not getting a promotion. Oh, they think this of me. They don't listen to me, all this stuff. Well, when we're in that mindset, um, now it's okay to have that thought, right? I mean, we're going to have all the thoughts, <laughs> but right, you can't, you can't get rid of those. Right. If you get stuck in the churn of it, what you actually noticed is those thoughts lead to certain emotions, right? You're discontent or you have apathy or you're just not feeling valued. What are the actions that come from that? Well, the actions that come from that are different than what a high performer usually does, right? The actions are rumination, talking to people about it, comparing and contrasting what's situations, complaining, and what's the result? Well, you're right. Your boss is not going to help you do X, Y, Z, right? From those behaviors. Now, if that same person says, and the, you know, if they start working on the mindset and go, you know what? Regardless of the boss, I'm still going to do my best work because if I do that, I'll learn something. I bring that to the table or wherever I go. That person keeps up leveling their performance and they can keep moving forward. But we unwittingly engage in these behaviors when we're in that mindset of, you know, they're doing this wrong or this is a problem that we go into rumination and behaviors that are different than the behaviors that we would otherwise do. And this all resides in the same person, right? We're all this mixture, (laughs) We go back and forth every day, often on this kind of mindset that impacts our performance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I found it interesting that you were saying you work with high performers and that they get kind of stuck and, you know, they're perfectionists. Well, a lot of gifted people are like that, (laughs) right? Right. You know, and so they also have those obsessive compulsive tendencies. And so, um, but I, I... I don't know what you think of this, but to me, my, my impression is that they kind of get stuck because they realize I've done certain things and it's worked for me before in this way. Right. So I'm not sure I want to be flexible and find a new way when I know that this has worked for me before. Oh, right. You know, so I, I think yeah. that, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing mindset because there's times when you have to be flexible and you have to change your mindset. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then there's times when you can go back to something that's worked for you in the past. Right. So it's it's really fascinating. It takes some wisdom, I think, to know when to do what, right? So I think that's the first thing we work on is gaining awareness of it. You know, because a lot of times we're not aware. We're like, no, no, mm-hmm. this is just a fact. It's bad. And like, that's not actually a fact. That's a judgment about what's happening. Now, it may help you to think that it's a negative situation or you have to change or whatever, but notice that it's, it's just your thought about the situation, right? Or the circumstance. Right. And so we've talked about the employee having a mindset. Do you ever talk to supervisors or employers about their mindset as to how it impacts the mindset of their employee? Oh, right. Yeah, because on the one hand, you're showing people that, you know, you're in charge of your own mind management, right? No one else is, you are. But at the same time, if you want to have good interactions with people in the world, then you want to be aware of how they're responding and reacting to your mindset, right? And so, with the bosses and supervisors, I think it's important, you know, to first increase their awareness as well, that, okay, you have certain thoughts about your employee, you think they're not performing well, you think they're not following you, whatever the thing is. And then to, with that awareness, stop and think first and go, wait a second, how am I showing up for this employee? Am I as helpful as I think? Have I really given them direction 
in a way they understand? Have I checked to make sure they understand what direction I'm giving them? And to really make sure that um, they are aware of themselves and include themselves as part of the problem, right? Because at some point, they either chose the employee or inherited them. (laughs) Like at some point, they thought that person was going to be valuable, and now they're having other thoughts. And I have found, I, I dealt with this a lot at work. We would blame contractors for not performing the work we gave them. But when I'd have meetings to sit down and talk about it, we'd find out, oh, wait a second. We didn't make that very clear. Oh, wait a second. We didn't review that deliverable when they asked us to, and they had to keep moving forward. Like you found out that there were equal a number of fingers pointing at them as yourself. Um, kind of a, what's the phrase, you know, it takes two to tango. Right, right. You know, so often it is that awareness piece, right? Increasing your awareness of, wait, what part am I playing in this? And we often find out there's a part we play. Now, even in that process, there's still going to be things that don't change, right? And you have to say, okay, this isn't really working. Let's make a plan to turn this around. And sometimes even when you make the plan, it's just not happening. (laughs) Right, right. We'll have to decide. Do you think there's a difference in minds? Well, I know that there is a difference, but what, what would you say is the difference in mindset between somebody who just comes in as is the boss and just rattles off orders versus a leader who uh, notices, you know, where the weaknesses are and helps cultivate a better employee? What would you say the mindset difference would be there? I, I think this uh, goes to... Um, some of the motivations of the people getting in the role. I know I have worked with many people over the years where like they even said, right, it's not me thinking this is what they think. They'd say, oh, I need a promotion. So I'm going to apply to this job because it gets more pay, right? So they want to be paid more. That's how they stopped into the supervising or directing role. Or they're thinking, okay, I need to take this. Yeah, whether it's pay or for title, Um, Some do it for power, whatever. Some have other reasons than we would assume. And those people often don't get the same performance out of their teams as the people that say, you know, I've always wanted to lead. And I want to lead more from a servant leadership approach where I'm here to support people. I'm here to help mentor them to their next level because I want everyone to grow and learn. And They're the leaders that also say, like, and I know um, I'd often say this because I believe it was true. I'm like, I am leading this team, but I am fully aware that I'm not the smartest person on this team, but my job is to coordinate the smart people, (laughs) right? Right, right. Because that's a whole effort in itself, right? Because all the smart people need acknowledgement. They need, you know, let's get out of the rumination. Let's get to work. Stop comparing yourself. Well, and that's why we hire people that are smart, you know, and you have to have confidence in your own abilities as a leader to be able to hire someone who's smarter than you. Right. You have to be able to know that you can still offer them something, which is leadership, which is, you know, that opportunity for them to grow and maybe someday they'll move on to a, a position that offers them the opportunity to be a leader as well. So I I think that's fabulous. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, how mindset will impact work performance. Right. So we, we touched on that a little, but a a little bit. Yeah. But I think um, what it does. So I'll share a couple of examples, right? So uh, I was, managing a lot of projects and a lot of them included contractor support. And so sometimes you hand over some requirements for them say, Hey, this is what we want. Do you have any questions? You know, we'll be here to approve or reject whatever you create. And it was interesting to see that you started to realize in that process that, Oh, I need to help them succeed right? Because if they succeed, we're going to get the product we want and we can move forward. So I want to give them as much information as possible, right? So in a mindset of I need to help them in any way I can, you start sharing information with them, right? So they can get the job done well. Like here are more Mm -hmm. of our standards. Here's our process. Here's the criteria you're going to be measured against. Oh, here are a few examples 
that you can look at like and, and be creative with what we give you, right? And, and surprise us and everything. But these are the parameters. And there were, you would think that's obvious, right? Like, of course you would do that. <laughs> well, there's other situations where you would see people leading things like, no, no, don't give them the criteria. They should be able to know how to figure this out. Like, well, okay, but they need to know what goal they're working toward. Well, that's like giving a student a test and not giving them the rubric. Right. Asking them to write an essay, but not giving them the rubric. Yeah. Because you want them to guess and they should be smart enough and all that. And like, you're actually wasting everyone's time and you're confusing everyone and there's not going to be a good product at the end, or at least not one that's even within range of what's expected, but it's surprising how often people do that. And why do they do that? Well, I believe that people do that because they think if I hold this information close, I'll be more valuable, right? People have to come to me to get certain information, but we don't live in that world anymore. We have, Or or if I can figure it out, you can figure it out. If you're smart enough, you'll figure it out. But we all come from a different perspective. So maybe that's not a true statement. Right. Yeah. See, and that shows where mindset's involved, right? The mindset, like it or not, this is how the brain's set up, right? Like that we have thoughts that create emotions in us and those emotions drive our behaviors. And so if we're having thoughts about it, we're going to have different behaviors. And some of those behaviors don't get the outcomes we want, but we unwittingly do it because we're like, well, it's just a fact that I shouldn't do this. You know, they should just know. Why should they just know? Do you know everything they're doing behind the scenes? And often you don't because otherwise you'd be doing the work. <laughs> like, like, why would they be needed? <laughs> right, right. Or you don't know. I think I'm or whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's important as a, as a leader to have that mindset that you are there to support your team and, and that you have to give them clear expectations and clear guidance so that they can have the right mindset of what they need to do for their job. Right. If you're not clear in what you're asking them to do, how can they be clear about what they are offering you? Right. And And I think it causes a lot of stress. A a lot of stress. And unfortunately, in those situations, often, if you don't feel like you can go ask the questions, you're actually moving further apart from performance, right? Both, you know, whoever's leading and whoever's following. Um, right. And so that active working on the mindset, increasing awareness helps build the trust that enables team members to come to you and go, I don't understand this. Like they feel comfortable to come to you because they know this person is going to support me. They want me to know the answer. So I feel comfortable coming to ask them. And so, and that's sometimes hard when you're in a leadership role, right? Because you get smart people, you're open and you're helping them and everything. And then when they get really bold, <laughs> they start going, coming to you going, this is not working. Why did you have us do this? You know? And to realize, oh, that's a piece of the pie you get to accept if you decide to be open and willing and sharing, like that's part of it, right? They get super confident and they start coming to you with hard things and questioning But But that's that's what's going to help you be successful as a team. And I think leaders need to realize that as the leader of that team, they are in charge of the success and the failure. And so your best bet is to give your your team everything you can possibly give them to ensure their success. Right. No, that's so true. And it's... It's a constant process, I think, right? You don't ever arrive. It's a daily thing because then some things happen one day and you just like, you're off into a different mindset because it's hard. And then you have to kind of decide to regroup. And that's where the awareness comes in, right? The constant awareness of, okay, this is painful. Why is it painful? Oh, maybe I need to work on something and um, to go from there. So it it's an interesting process to look through. And Often, you know, like I said, the high performers sometimes have the hardest time with this. I've been correcting papers for a class, and it's funny to look back and see that the students with the most concerns that they brought to me about people being involved in everything, I looked at their final grades, and they were all like 97 and 98 percenters. (laughs) 
they weren't down at the 60%. They were at 98. Yeah. They put the effort in. They really wanted to do well, which is why they asked the questions. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only way you can clarify things and, and be clear about what's expected of you. You have to ask the questions and we don't always ask the right questions. You know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and talking about this. I think mindset is a very important topic. And especially right now with everything that's going on in the world, it's, it's really right. important. And uh, specifically with work performance, because ev- I've noticed everyone is struggling. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today and talking about this. We're going to take a break here in a couple minutes. So before we take the break, um, I would like you to talk a little bit about your business. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, how could they, get, how could they contact you? I think the easiest um, is to just go to moveyourdesk.com and you can do that on most social networks or just go to the website, right? uh, the Move Your Desk, and it's helping people up-level their work. And sometimes that means moving yourself or moving your desk, right? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So moveyourdesk.com. Um, and if you want to get in touch with Rebecca, um, can, can they contact you directly from there? Can they email you or call you? Yes, they should be able to email me. And it's just Rebecca and moveyourdesk.com. Kept it very simple. Okay. So Rebecca at moveyourdesk.com. And you can email her and ask her questions. Or if you'd like to work with her, um, that's a great option for you as well. So um, thank you for being on the show. We're going to come back after the break and talk more with Rebecca uh, about mindset and work performance. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch with me, you're welcome to go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. I'm so excited. We just launched our second issue of Executive Function Magazine. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, you can uh, request a copy and I'd be happy to send it to you. You can also subscribe to the magazine. Uh, So if you go to the website at the very top, there's a menu and you can click on magazine and that's where you can Uh, subscribe to the magazine. You can also request a copy. If you'd like to listen to the radio show through my website, you can do that as well. And if you're interested in um, a free consultation with me, you can give me a call at 480-648-1122. Or once again, you can go to my website and um, shoot me an email. Um, I want to thank all the uh, listeners around the world. Without you, uh, we would not be here. So thank you. I noticed in our uh, listeners list, we have a lot of people from China. We have some from Ireland and uh, Arizona and all over the United States. So I really appreciate all of your listening um, to our show. And we'll be back after these messages to talk to Rebecca Clark, uh, Mindset Coach. And we'll um, see you in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. 
Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. So today we are talking with Rebecca Clark. Uh, she is going to talk to us a little bit about mindset and work performance. So welcome back, Rebecca. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you because I think mindset and work performance are very important. And especially these days, you know, with people not working in the office or working, you know, part-time at the office and or not working at all because of whatever reason, you know, the, the mindset's really important. I, I think, you know, if somebody uh, wanted to work with you, they could they could contact you. Um, but let's give them a little bit of information. Maybe some people can um, benefit from from what we talk about today. So how can you train your brain to up-level your work? So if you're in the workplace, how do you how do you train yourself, your tr- train your brain to to actually be better at your job? I think one of the first things, and we hit upon part of this earlier, is that um, deciding that you want to be more aware right? D- decide you want to be more aware of your behaviors and the outcomes you're getting, right? Because saying, be aware of your thoughts, it's like, okay, well, yeah, we can start thinking about what we're thinking about. But I'd encourage people to go, okay, do I like the results I'm getting? Do I like the outcomes? And if I don't, why? And go, what are my behaviors really, if I'm honest with myself? And that often one of the first ones that comes up is that mind churn or that ruminating. All the time we spend justifying who we are, where we're at, why we didn't get the raise, why we didn't get a certain opportunity and just notice, okay, that's a choice. And why am I making that choice? Because you might even know the number better than I do, but there's thousands of thoughts that go through our heads each day. And all they are are sentences. They're just sentences running in our mind. And we decide to kind of choose some of them from the river of thoughts flowing along, right? And we go, okay, this is the one I believe. (laughs) And yet someone standing next to us could choose a different one, right? So they could have a tight, like we talked about with the houses, right? Someone chose a different thought and it was a choice. And often we don't think it's a choice. And so often the first step we do, if we say, you know, if you want to self-coach yourself to write down just whatever's going on in your mind. It'll be a page full of sentences, right? And you can look through them and go, okay, which sentence is most interesting for me to look at? And you can take a look at the sentence and go, okay, is that true? Is it a fact or is it my thought about a situation? And to really get honest with ourselves and go, wait a second, is that a thought or a fact? Because if it's a fact, nothing's changeable, right? Like the chair is red. Is that a fact? Well, unless you're colorblind or don't know what red is, you know, the chair is red. Anything beyond that is most likely just an opinion or a belief or a thought about it, right? The chair's too tall. The chair's too short. No, it's not. It's just a chair, right? But you put all these meanings around it. And so I think that's the first step in coaching yourself is going, Let me increase my awareness and realize that I am choosing to believe certain things about the situation and to then recognize, and this is really hard for me, um, I've had to learn about this, recognize that with that thought is an associated emotion, 
right? So how are you feeling inside? And we're not talking about a sensation like if you touch a hot stove, right? We're talking about inside. Are you angry? Are you anxious? Are you exhilarated? Are you frustrated, sad, whatever, to notice that emotion because those emotions do drive our behaviors. And we notice this I think we notice this if something drastic happens, right? Like that happened before, but we just found out about it. Like something tragic happened yesterday, but you didn't know. You just went along doing life. Everything was fine. But the minute you found out about it, something snapped, right? You went into a different emotion based upon your thought about the tragedy. And to notice that nothing actually changed, right? The situation already occurred, but you didn't know, so it didn't impact you. But the minute you heard about it, you changed what you thought. And from that, you had an emotion. And from that, you went into whatever you go through, right? If it was tragic, there might've been mind churn or calling someone or a different set of behaviors than if you heard about a great event, right? You might take different actions from that. So, just to notice, like we often walk through a specific framework, right? Because um, I think a lot of us have heard about positive affirmations, like, oh, just say positive affirmations and then everything will change. Well, our subconscious mind doesn't really believe those at first. It's better to just increase awareness and realize what emotions that causes and figure out how you could think differently about a situation, or maybe you want to sit with it for a little while and go, I feel bad and I want to feel bad for this moment, right? Or I, I want to feel sad and then decide, but at some point that may not serve me. So what would I rather feel? Um, and to start working on that. And sometimes that's an instant process and sometimes it takes long. I think I, I, talk to you about, you know, how when we're mad at our boss, uh, we often go into this rumination and talking to people and we're actually getting less work done. I walked through that with someone one day and he realized why he wasn't getting promoted. And the minute he realized that and realized that someone who's getting promoted acts a different way, right? They're showing up with their boss, asking questions. They're like providing things that weren't asked for. They're taking responsibility and he could see the difference and he changed in an instant, right? Like sometimes we do in an instant. That's manifestation right there. You, right. Just mani- you can manifest a job, a promotion, or you can manifest not getting that job or promotion right. depending on your behavior. And I think when we talk, people talk about manifestation all the time as if it's this magical thing that happens in the universe and they don't take ownership of it. Right. But what it really means is that you've done all the right things to get where you need to be or where you want right. to be. You're kind of inviting it in by your emotions and your behaviors, right? That are exactly. coming from your thoughts. And that's the beauty. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Like that person actually was promoted like two weeks later. It was incredible, right? Because that's what you're seeking. Other times there's deeper stuff, right? So it takes longer to change your thinking about it. So, um, so I do encourage people to write down all the thoughts, choose just one of them. And from that thought, say, what kind of emotion is this creating in me? And what kind of behaviors do I have? And do I like that? Sometimes you like the outcome of those behaviors and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it can be a process, or like you said, it can be an instantaneous realization and change, um, that helps everyone involved. So, so that is kind of a, you know, a way to say, okay, you might have this affirmation, but if you can take this kind of high pie in the sky thought that you have and go, what kind of behaviors would I have? And emotions would I have if I had that thought and to really think through it and work on it versus just go, I'm going to repeat it over and over, right? You're really stepping into the emotion of it and going, how would that feel to actually believe that? And how would I act if I believe that? It's different. I think think we as human beings in this day and age, we are much more aware. And I think we are more willing to work on ourselves. You know, when I was a kid, which was a long time ago, 
<laughs> you know, it, it, we didn't do this. Nobody talked about, I mean, I think in the 60s is when self-help kind of became a little bit more interesting to people, <clears throat> excuse me, but it really wasn't until like, I think probably the 80s when I actually saw people focused on self-help. And now I think we just do it naturally because it doesn't have that negative connotation anymore. Now it's like self-help is about improving ourselves, but it doesn't mean there was something wrong with us before we did it. Right. I think, and that's a, that's a tricky thought, isn't it? Like to realize Mm -hmm. that I'm doing this because I just want to show up in the best possible way. I'm doing this because now I know I have the capacity to, so why not learn how to use that capacity versus you're wrong, you're not good enough, and all those emotions and thoughts, but more of a, yeah, it's there. I kind of want to try it out. I try, kind of want to up-level. I kind of want to have a, an even better life. I kind of want to interact with people in new and interesting ways, you know, and to just come from that approach versus the, I'm not enough, I need to be better, because uh, that doesn't lead to great outcomes, right? I mean, some right. of the outcomes might look good, but it might be coming from a different thought in us. I kind of think of it as like a house. When you buy a house, you buy what you could afford at the time and you're buying an entry level house, you know, maybe in your twenties. Right. And then you at some point have that promotion or you're making more money and you, you've saved up some money and you buy the next bigger house. Right. Doesn't mean there was anything wrong with the first house. Right. <laughs> You lived there, you enjoyed it, you had a life there, you know, you purchased that house or you rented that house. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just at some point you decided you wanted more for yourself. Right. And so that's okay to do with not just your house, but it's okay to do with your skill set. It's it's okay to do that Mm -hmm. with your mindset. So I I totally love this concept. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, so tell me about the different approaches and tools that you use to help your clients. What are, you know, what are some of those tools? Right. So what I, you know, there's, there's a few, but I just kind of touched on one, but I do encourage people to increase awareness and to reflect, right? And a lot of time that involves writing things down just as you have the thought or get the, get it out of you. So you can take a look at it kind of as a third party, um, you can do that with a coach, of course, or a counselor or a friend, right? You can do it with any human being. It helps. And if you don't have a human being around, you can talk into your phone, right? You can record yourself a video or something. And sometimes the process of getting it out helps you process what the thoughts were. So we often put it um, put discussions in the context of this kind of mind framework, I call it, which is you write down the situation. And then your thought about it and what kind of emotion that thought is bringing. And then kind of brainstorm what behaviors are coming from that. And then that's where the results are. And then you can kind of take the same framework and look at the opposite side of it, right? So you can even start with the results. What's the result I want? What would someone do, be doing that had that result, right? And you could list out what you think they would be doing because we can kind of guess, right? Or we may know it and we're just not doing mm-hmm. it. What kind of emotion would they be feeling? So we kind of fill out this framework going down and then the other framework kind of bottom to top, right? Result up to behavior, up to what's that? Emotion, <laughs> thought. And it, the situation is the same for both, right? It's to right. show us that no matter what the situation, if you have a different thought, you can get different results regardless of your mm-hmm. situation. And so that's one tool. Yeah. Yeah, I actually use that with the kids who are wanting to go to college. I'm like, okay, Ah. you know, if you're looking at this college, what kind of grades do you have to get? What, you know, what does it take to get those grades? And so we do the backwards design of how do you get into a good college? Because sometimes that's what it takes. They don't know how to get there. They just know they want to get there. They don't know how. And and that's an interesting part of this process too, because often I know I've been this way with work, right? You want to get to the how-tos right off the bat and you realize that how-to is important, but even more important is to identify where you want to be and 
what kind of thoughts and emotions can get you there, right? So that's why it's good to have all of these working together, right? Finding out, oh, that's your goal? Okay, what would it take to get there? Okay, now let's work on your belief about actually being able to do it. Because once you believe it, then that's where you kind of start attracting it, right? Because you show up differently. (laughs) And like you said, it just naturally then it has to come to you, right? It, it's kind of a law of how things well, work. You know, it's it's funny how that works. Like you, you can't say, I want a new BMW and wait for it to show up on your driveway. Right. If you want a new BMW, you have to find out, well, how much does a BMW cost? And do I have the finances? You know what? Let's say I do. Well, still isn't going to magically show up. So maybe I should go to a dealership. And actually talk to somebody who sells them. And that's when you can decide, you know, do I want to take a loan? Do I want to pay cash? Do I want, you know, this year or that year or whatever, you know, whatever the details are, whatever bells and whistles you want on that BMW, but it's not going to magically show up on your doorstep. There's steps you have to take to get where you want to be. Well, and, and I think along with that, realizing too, like, and I've had to realize this as I use certain coaching approaches, right? That Mm -hmm. there's so many tools available, right? And you keep trying different tools until they resonate. So I know I get coached, but I also do brain training. And I know you interviewed uh, John Kennedy, like he has a certain approach for brain training. You have a certain approach. I have a friend who does hypnotherapy. I've learned a lot from that. And to realize, oh, these are all tools in the toolkit available for us to work on taking those steps forward. Um, so, you know, mindset plus the time management techniques, right? Mindset plus hypnotherapy, consulting, I mean, uh, coaching or counseling, you know, whatever combination of skill sets works for different people or tools, I should say, um, can help you. Le- and we have access to them and it's acceptable, like you were saying before. It's more acceptable nowadays, and we're now seeking it. And thank goodness for the layer of tools like YouTube and social media networks that allow us to access even more of it in easy ways, right? Absolutely. And honestly, in this day and age, with the amount of access we have to information on the internet, there's really no reason why anyone has to sit out of this game. They can definitely participate. They can find tools, even if they don't want anyone else to know, they can find the tools and do these things on their own. There are ways to help yourself gain the skills um, that you need um, to get where you want to be. And yeah, I I think it's fascinating. And I, and I love that. And, And I love that there's people like you out there who can help somebody if they feel like, you know, I know what I want to do. I just don't have the skills to even figure out how to do it yet. So they come to somebody like you who can say, okay, you know what, let's start with just sitting down and writing your thoughts. Yeah. It's a simple task, but yet it's very powerful. Sometimes like you just end up being the one safe space, right? That can be, sorry, I'm going to move. It's okay. Speaking of, you know, this kind of planning, right? The power is going out. And so we, even with all the tools available, we still need power to have access to them. (laughs) And so, but it it has been amazing being involved in this kind of effort because in the process of helping others, um, you take on the mindset of constantly learning and constantly figuring out how to up-level yourself. And I did want to mention that one of the things that I find with the people I work with, and I have experienced this myself, is when we go through that process of up-leveling ourselves and um, going into a new job or trying to change careers or whatever, there's a lot of self-sabotage that enters into the equation. We start having different thoughts of well, kind of like we talked about, I'm not good enough. What if this doesn't work? Oh, I'm going to be a beginner again. And that creates a whole slew of different behaviors that we may have not engaged in before, but it can be very um, informative, right? Like I've learned that my addictions increase 
So I have certain addictions like with cookies <laughs> or with consuming information, <laughs> right? Like right. you learn really quick. You're like, oh, I'm eating more cookies. I think I'm nervous. I think I'm, I'm getting scared. I don't do it if I'm feeling like a depressed feeling. I do it if I'm anxious. It's just just a little worried. anxious. Yeah. Yeah. And so it can be a real, it can show you yourself. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Rebecca, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I want to thank you once again for coming on the show today. We've got a couple minutes uh, before we close, and I want you to give out your information one more time so that if anyone wants to contact Rebecca Clark, um, you can do so at, um, and if you could give them that email again. Um, It's at Rebecca at moveyourdesk.com, and the website is moveyourdesk.com. And so is the podcast that it's available there. And can they look at the podcast on the uh, website as well? Yes. Yeah. Or they can, you know, from their favorite podcast service. Perfect. So if you want to get in touch with Rebecca, now you know how. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go once again to executivefunctioncoachaz.com and, um, you know, don't forget to subscribe to our magazine, Executive Function Magazine. Uh, it's about 75 pages for the first magazine issue and 73 uh, for the second. We do have a $500 scholarship that we are offering in the second magazine. It's going to be a quarterly um, scholarship. So if that's something you'd like to check out, uh, feel free to do so. Um, we also have about 10 10 or 11 articles in the second um, issue and I think 13 in the first. So if those are of interest to you, feel free to request those. I'd be happy to send you the link to both of those. And um, I just want to really thank everybody in all over the world who listens to our uh, live radio show and to those who listen to the podcast. Without you, we would not have a show. So thank you for that. Um, I have one last question for you, Rebecca. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Oh, wow. So many expectations, right? Like, I think I would have just said, calm down. It's going to, you're going to be fine. Just take and enjoy the next opportunity. Learn all you can from it and trust that it'll lead you to the next. And then the next, I know I tell people all the time, um, no experience is wasted unless you waste it. And it's kind of like what you were sharing at the beginning. Um, everything you're doing is building a foundation to prepare you for what's next. So, wow. And someone shared a beautiful thought that I, I loved last year. And they said, you have never been more prepared than you are right now to take. I love it. Right. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. Rebecca. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful day and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.